Let's pray. Thank you that you have brought us to this place. An opportunity to hear your word, to, to hear you speak. May our hearts be in the place where we're listening. Open our ears this morning, Lord, that we might hear you clearly. In your name we pray. Amen. The passage this morning is from 1 Samuel 3. I got I to gotta give praise to God at about 5 to 8. Now, this may seem silly to you guys, but on this end, it's not. At 5 to 8, the computer for the lyrics and everything that you can see decided it was time for an update. <laughs> if you know anything about the balcony, that's almost impossible to get any service up there. At 5 to 8, it said I had 5 minutes, and it went like 5 minutes, 46, 44, 49, and a, my heart was going <laughs> with that time. Praise God that it all was good, and it actually worked. It wasn't a virus or anything bad. Nothing like a little extra excitement to start the morning. Passage we have uh, this morning is out of 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not know the Lord yet. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at all the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. May God add his blessing to the reading this morning. And as we sing, uh, I would ask that you would bring your uh, world mission offering forward. Thank you. Pray. Lord, we come to you this morning. I just thank you, Lord, that you have brought us to this place. Lord, that you have reminded us that we need to count on you, that we need to wait on you. Lord, that we need to listen carefully for your voice. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that you would open our hearts to that. I pray, Lord, that you would use me in mighty ways in spite of who I am. And, Lord, that you would be glorified through the words spoken this morning. Lord, I pray even right now for hardened hearts, that you would soften them in the coming moments. Lord, that we would be able to hear you through the the midst of the, the noise and the the craziness of the world that we live in, the life that we will go back to as we leave here, that we will be able to hear your voice, your direction, your desire for us. 
And Lord, you'll get all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It works. It must have been on all week. <laughs> Thankfully, it didn't eat the battery. <laughs> I, was going, oh. I think it's safe to say that most of us want to hear from God. Is that, is that a fair statement? We didn't, we didn't come here to warm this pew, did we? We want to hear from God. We came, now some of us may have come being dragged in. I, I can remember those days when I was barely married. My wife would, I, to keep the peace at home, <laughs> my wife would drag. But I still had a desire to hear from God. To see God working, to see God moving. There's something intriguing about that idea, right? Otherwise, we just come for, for what? Personal enrichment? No. We come here to see God move, to see God work, and to hear God's voice in our life. To find direction. At least I hope that's why you're here this morning. How many times have you been asked to pray for someone? Or had someone, even I, I, a ton of times I have texts, please pray. This is someone I, that doesn't go to church and not involved. Even non-believers, people who are not involved in the church, who really have no desire to be a part of the church, believe that God has the ability to do things and to fix the problems. Fair statement? You know, I mean, anybody here on Facebook? I mean, if you, right? Where's the first place we go? I mean, I have a lot of friends on Facebook, with, and there's a lot of struggles in life. And the very first thing you'll see, this happened, please pray. And there'll be, the only bad thing is when I put in pray, if, you, if, you ever, if you're a part of Facebook world, if you ever respond, the next hundred people who respond always comes on my phone. So that's the only negative thing to Facebook. But, but the reality is there are a lot of people um, who jump right in and say, okay, I'm willing to pray. Even the non-believers, non-church people They'll say, okay, you're in my thoughts and concerns. You'll even hear that. Um, and what does that mean, right? It's, uh, it's the non-believer, non, I don't want to be a part of the church prayers. Uh, there's, con- there's a desire, there's an understanding that there's a God and that he is doing something. And we want to hear from that God. And in this morning's passage, um, it's pretty in- interesting to me that this young man, Samuel, this young guy, Samuel, you, I don't know if you remember the story, but I want to give you a little bit of a heads up. If uh, Chapter 3 is where we're at today. If you jump back to chapters 1 and 2, you'll get a little more background, and then you go to the end of chapter 3, and, and, and of course, all of Sam, you'll, you'll get Samuel's life, which is pretty powerful. But in chapter 2, chapter 1 and chapter 2, a lot's going on. Samuel's mother, Hannah, couldn't have children, and she had a, a, another mother wife, uh, the wife, another wife of her husband, who just egged her on. You can't have kids, and I can. And she just kept rubbing it in, and rubbing it in, and rubbing it in. And then you get, you get this whole passage of, um, of Hannah's prayer, right? And finally, God, in his timing, gives her a child. And she had already committed this child, Samuel, to the Lord. Think about this. I can't have a child, but when I do have, if I ever have a child, I'm giving it to God. Not figuratively, 
Not I'm going to take him to church or her to church. I am going to give that child to God. Hannah literally takes this child, Samuel, takes him to the temple. And as we read about, he's under Eli. Eli is the priest. He's, he's literally there as a young man. She says, as soon as he's weaned, I'm going to take him and leave him. And scripture talks about, she came every year. She made him a new robe every year, a nice new robe. And she would come and see him. She left him at the temple. That's how serious she was about God and about her desire to follow through on her promise. So that's where we're at in the story, right? So this young man, because it's, it's kind of awkward, it, kind of weird if you don't understand what's going on. Why is Samuel, this young boy, maybe, maybe a teenager, maybe not even that old, why is this young boy at, hanging out at the temple? Why does he live at the temple? Does any of you guys live in the temple? That's kind of a weird situation to me, right? Why, why is he living there? This is why he's living there. He's living there because his mother committed him, his life, to be in that temple to follow after God, to be doing the things. And if you read Samuel, it's pretty interesting. If you read the rest of Samuel, you really get a sense of who he is and his life following after God, his whole life. Um, powerful man of God. Um, I encourage you to read that. That's why he's where he's at. And here's what happens. We get to the story. Sorry, I got crazy beards, fur all over me. Stinking yoder. <laughs> makes me do all these crazy things. <laughs> so we get to this part of the passage where Samuel is just doing his normal thing, right? He's just doing his normal thing. And he hears a voice at night. And as we read the scripture, you can hear, he's just sleeping in his normal place. Eli's getting older, having a hard time seeing. He's just doing his normal thing. I assume that, that we can kind of read into that part and that obviously Eli was having more troubles um, as he was getting older and Samuel was beginning to pick up the pieces. And that kind of gives me a little bit of sense of why when Samuel heard God's voice, he ran right, he said, here I am, Eli. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm wondering if that wasn't the first time he'd ever had to get something for Eli after he had gone to bed or um, had helped him in the middle of the night or whatever. But he's like, here I am. He was just doing his normal thing, wasn't he? When something amazing happened, God called Samuel. We always think, I think, uh, the idea is that that's pretty a magical, mystical idea. God calling us. God's voice. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Right? Yeah. And we think it's almost a magical thing. Like if you got all the, all the, uh, the, the planets aligned and you got your left foot in the right spot and you're right, I think God will call. And the challenge to me, as I read this passage, is that's not what's going on here. Samuel's just doing his thing. He's doing what God has called him to. He's getting up in the morning, and whatever Eli has him do, he does. When it's, he does it all day, it's time for bed. He goes to his normal place, he lays down, and he gets up and he does it again. There is nothing magical, mystical, or um, supernatural about what, what's going on at that moment when God comes. When God comes to Samuel, he's just doing his thing. But here's what he is doing. He's being obedient. He's being obedient to God. His life was set apart by his mother to God to do the things that God would have him to do. He was just being obedient. See, 
as we go through the story, that, that's, you know, Hannah giving her son to the temple. And in the past, in the verse, chapter just before this, it says that Samuel grew. Uh, he was in favor with the Lord and also with men. He was doing what God would have him to do. He was doing the things that God would have him to do. He was tuned in. See, he was just doing his normal thing. Just whatever Eli had him to do, he was doing it. He was following after God. Do you see anything magical about that? Quite honestly, he was just doing his thing. He was doing what God would have him to do. He was tuned in. And for all of you who have no clue what that is, (laughs) I am just, I think I'm, before the digital world, right? I, I am old enough to know. I'm old enough to have not had cable growing up. If we wanted to listen, as I, as I got older, I listened to, I wanted to listen to the Steelers play football, but most of the time the Steelers weren't on TV, not like today where you can get the NFL Network and you can watch all oh, whatever, 14 or 18 games, and you know, you can change the channel every two minutes. That's not what we had as I grew up, and I grew up on a farm, and, you know, and football wasn't all that important, but I wanted to hear it, so in order to hear it, we would have to listen to AM, I think it was 1400. So for those of you who don't know what that is, that's a little tuner, so we would... They would give you this big knob, and, and it took like, you would like one degree, and you moved past the thing. And you know what I'm talking about. If you've been there, AM radio, there's a reason there's not much AM radio anymore, because it doesn't work very good. But if, if the wind shifted, or you moved the, ra- literally, you would move the radio, and things would happen, bad things. We, I can remember putting tinfoil on the antenna. Anybody else? <laughs> That's how you got a Steelers game. You might have to go sit on the porch in the cold weather, just to hear, this is, what, this is the world before digital and phones and all those exciting things. That's how old I must be getting. <laughs> but what would happen is you would, you would carefully, you would just, oh, just you'd nudge it, nudge it, nudge it, nudge it. And you'd finally get where you could actually hear, and it wasn't like, <laughs> you could actually hear what was going on, Myron Cope. You could hear Myron's voice. But it never lasted. It never could ever last the whole game. In fact, I went to, the, to the, the length of finding a black magic marker on the tuner, and I would make a hair, just a really fine line, so I knew where to go next week. I didn't want to miss it, right? Because the time you got it, you'd take 10, 15 minutes to find the radio station. If they were on a commercial, you weren't sure it was the right station. Oh, you guys that have cable, you just didn't, you know, you don't got, you don't understand. I mean, it's, it's tough. Samuel was tuned into God. He was tuned into God's channel. He could hear clear. He could hear clear as day, God. He knew of God. He knew who God was. He had followed after. And I wonder if, if us as uh, followers of Christ, if we're tuned in. See, God cares about us so much. And sometimes we just take it for granted. Sometimes we just take it as, oh, well, that's good, right? My relationship with God is good. I know who he is. I know I can go back to my pew the next Sunday. This is how God is, whoa, we lost it. That's all right. So what's supposed to be here is the the verse from Luke uh, chapter 12. It said, God indeed knows the very head, the very hairs on your head, and they're numbered. And for some of us, he's got a whole lot less counting. <laughs> right? 
for some of us. If you got a full head, you should enjoy it. <laughs> it may not last forever. <laughs> the reality is God knows us that intimately. He knows us, and he cares and loves for us that much. And yet, I think sometimes we just, we just aren't all that obedient. We, we, make, we make choices that we know are wrong, or we know are in the wrong direction, knowing that the grace of God is big enough to take that and cover it. Unlike Samuel, who was being obedient, sometimes we're not all that obedient. Sometimes we make choices that aren't um, choices in obedience. They are not in the right direction. And we know that. And we know, the, uh, I'll fix that one later. I'll work on that part of my life at a different time. I know it's wrong, but I still want what I want. We serve a God who knows the number of hairs on your head. We like to think that that's figuratively, right? But ask yourself, this is how powerful and awesome our God is. He knows exactly who we are. He knows who we are even when no one else does. See, we can come into church. We can dress up in a nice suit, right? My favorite, one of my favorite ties. It does look, I dressed myself, Kenny. (laughs) What do you think of that? My wife will be proud of me when she gets here. (laughs) I know. Compared to yesterday, right? I smelled yesterday, too. (laughs) We can dress up all nice and pretty. But God knows who we are. We walk right back out that door and everybody else says, oh, this, that, the other thing, right? We still got to go home. And we still have to count to God for who we are. See, we can play tricks on people. We, hey, I'm pretty good at playing tricks on my own family, right? I make them look, I, I'm look, I look good. The fact of the matter is that I'm not good. I need a savior. I need Someone to stand in my place. I need God. I, I hear it a ton in the, in the college. You know, God, God, they don't say it out. They won't say it outright. What they, what they say, though, is God's only for weak people. Right? We're smarter and bigger and stronger, and we can figure it out with science. And you know what I think? You're right. God is for weak people. I need God in my life. I need him. I can't do this on my own. On your Connect card, there's a, uh, a line that says, God is leading to me to be more obedient today. Bye, and there's a blank spot. And I would just challenge you at this very moment in that spot to write what's on your heart. See, because I don't think you come here and nothing happens. I don't think that would be a waste of your time and my time. I believe God speaks to us, and he speaks to us on a very regular basis. And I'd be willing to bet that there's a, there's a spot in your life that you're not being all that obedient, and that has come to mind even already. And I would challenge you to, to, to write it into that spot, or at least contemplate that obedience or disobedience spot. Second thing that uh, Samuel uh, was, was he was available. Samuel was available. What happened? Do you notice what happened with Samuel? Every time God called, Samuel responded. Here I am. You called me. Here I am. You, you know, the second time, or even the third, 
He might have thought it was just the bad pizza that night or something, right? Just go back to sleep. It's just in your head. No, he jumped right up. He was available. He was available waiting on. At that time, he thought it was Eli. But he was available waiting for God. And we need to be available. See, sometimes we're not available. We just check out. We check out. See, God's calling. For those of you who don't know what that is, this is the old school day. That's a real phone, right? (laughs) Ring, ring, ring. James uh, 119 reminds me, it says, Brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. I think there's a great reason God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? There's a great reason. There's a lot of times we should keep our mouth shut and listen for God. Back in the 1800s, hearing was an important, well, it's still an important, but there was a lot of inventions and things going on. And as I look this week, I, you're going to love these. These are some, how would you like to come to church and have one of those? They decided in the 1800s that we need to do a better job of hearing to help people hear. And so they began to build some inventions. Uh, Townsend's hearing aid or something, I can't remember. Townsend's trumpet is what it was called. How'd you like everybody? Hard, you think someone would know if you had a hard, tough, tough, tough? That's, it gets better. <laughs> That's for the back row. <laughs> Or maybe those who are in New York or something. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> you know you all want one. <laughs> Talk about wearing it to a nice party, huh? <laughs> it brings up, it reminds me, though, of the point that we, we need to be available. We need to be listening for God. We need to take that time and to, to consciously prepare and, and take time away and listen for God. I am the worst ever at running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. My wife thinks I just do it, and she might be right. I don't know. I don't know why I do it. I, I will just go from, from 5 o'clock in the morning, daylight to dark, and just, just go from thing to thing to thing. and thing. I've begun to appreciate the couch, even if it is for half an hour. There's a passage in uh, Proverbs that reminds me. It says, turn our ears to wisdom and apply our hearts to understanding. You knew we wouldn't get through an October sermon without it. I need to tell you a story about not listening, all right? So, I, first thing I need to tell you, this is, a, this is a Google image picture. This is not on my trail cam. I... I wouldn't show you any of those. Those are very, 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 very classified. I don't tell anybody or show anybody those. Just gives you a heads up. So here's what's going on. If you don't know much about me, if you've never met me, if you haven't talked to me more than, I don't know, probably about 30 seconds, you might not know that I like to hunt. Otherwise, you probably know that because that's, I absolutely love to hunt. I think it's a genetic thing. I'm trying to find that gene, but whatever. You just need to understand that that's something that happens. It starts in October, so... Christmas has just started for me for the next six or seven weeks. Um, so this past week, so one of the, one of the struggles or, or excitement of, the, of an empty nest um, is that there's a lot of time. 
to find time in a tree, right? Or I got to find time for that tree. So when I'm not home, my wife's home alone, so I have to be nice to her, right? I want to stay married. So I always, <laughs> I always send out this nice text. I know, I know uh, it changes. It's not always the same one, but this week it happened to be, or last week it happened to be, I know you know where I'm at, in a tree, see, after dark, whatever, I don't know. Well, I have the most patient, loving, caring saint of a wife that I could have, hunting wife ever. So she texts me back, not angry, not frustrated, not nothing. She's like, praying for a monster buck, dot, 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 and leaves it. So back to my story, I have a, I have a bunch of trail cameras. I have a bunch of trail cameras in a bunch of different places. I I keep, if you don't know what a trail camera is, it takes pictures when you're not there. Anything walks in front of it, it takes a picture. So you get these pictures of deer. Um, obviously, you're not there when the deer's there, right? Uh, but you get all these pictures. So my wife, so I get a call from my cousin to go to New York, and he's like, hey, I got, you got to go. There's a hot spot. We saw a monster buck there last night. Um, we're going to go. You want to you want in, you better get up here. Well, you don't miss those kind of opportunities, right? Sightings are good. So I jump in the car. We go to New York meet up with those guys. I see a doe. Have a great, beautiful night. I get home. My wife says, did you see a monster buck? I'm like, no, I didn't see a monster buck, but it it was nice. Two days later, two days later, I checked my trail camera. In the spot I was not (laughs) was a monster buck. Not the monster, but one of them. In perfect shooting light, he spent a half an hour in front of my camera and I was in New York. <laughs> so, and you take a selfie, yeah. So I got it, so, so I, show, I tell my wife, I said, I got it figured out. You prayed. God answered. I misinterpreted. <laughs> That's the only way I can justify it. I don't know. <laughs> And I thought, man, when, I, when this all happened, I was like, oh, are you kidding me? That's the deer I've been after. And I'm in the wrong spot. And I thought, boy, this is a great illustration that I have to share. Now, obviously, I wouldn't tell you where my cameras are or where the deer is or what he looks like, and he doesn't look like that. So. <laughs> but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't uh, real clear on where I was supposed to be, unlike uh, Samuel. He knew exactly where God wanted him to be. And the third final thing is that we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared for what we are going to hear. See, some of us, we are obedient, and we're available to hear God, and then we get the message. And I'm not going to give you the rest of the message. I'm not going to give you the message of what Samuel um, heard. That's in the next 10, takes 10 verses. Read Samuel uh, 11 through whatever it is, 20, and you'll hear what God told him. But the message wasn't always, uh, wasn't a happy message, what God told him. And yet he followed through with what, um, what God wanted him to tell Eli. But Samuel was prepared. He was obedient, he was available, and he was prepared. He was prepared for the message that he was going to hear from God. Which means he acted on it. He acted on that message that he heard from God. He moved forward. I always used to say, if the door's open and God's calling, you better move forward. Take a step. If he doesn't want you to go through that door, he will close that door on you. Trust me. He's big enough and tough enough and strong enough to do that, right? If we hear God and we know it's God, we need to move forward. And you know what? There are some things that are just crazy, like picking up our family and moving to another country. Uh, those missionaries, uh, that, 
that takes a lot of guts. Think about that. And yet God had called them to that. I'm going to teach you a new word today if you don't know what that is. It's chutzpah. Did you ever hear that word? Never? It's a Yiddish word. And it's on your connect card. Yiddish word for audacity or strength or courage. The willingness to move forward. Chutzpah. I like it. I thought it was a nice word. Thought we would have, be, have a fun time with it. God, give me the chutzpah to do what you want me to do, to move forward. Samuel said, Lord, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. The question this morning is, are you listening? Are you hearing what God is calling you to do? Are you hearing God's voice in your life? Are you willing to move on that? Psalm 95 says today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You know what a hard heart is? That's a heart that says, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to do anything different than what I did when I walked in this door. I'm not going to allow God to change me. I'm not going to take anything in my life I'm not going to forgive someone who wronged me. I'm not going to ask for forgiveness where I wronged someone else. I don't know what the situation is for each of us. It's all different. But I believe that God speaks to us. And he says, do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. Allow him to work in your life. Like Samuel, God, here I am. I'm listening. Speak to me. For some of us, it's, it's a relationship issue. We don't even have a relationship with God. Sure, we come and we hang out and we hang out with people who have a relationship with God, but we don't have our own personal relationship, our personal connection. You're, that's available to each and every one of us. That, to me, is the most awesome part of my Christian faith that I have the opportunity to go to God, that I have the ability, and God wants me to be connected that closely. We don't serve an idol. We don't, we don't bow down to a piece of metal. We deal with a living God. And for some of us this morning, I don't know where that relationship is. For some of us, we have a relationship, and yet we haven't developed it. We were born, and then we walked away. And we haven't developed our relationship with God. We weren't like Samuel and, and, and being obedient, following after God. We just, all right, I, gotta re- I said the prayer, and now I'm good. And that's not what God wants for us. He, wa- he desires a close relationship. That's what he wants for us. Let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you this morning that you have given us your word. Lord, that we can, we can go into a passage and we can see your hand upon Samuel's life, upon Eli's life. And Lord, it, yet it transfers to our life. Lord, your desire is that we would come. That we would come to you 
that we would bring it to the cross, Lord, that we would bring our struggles, our pains, our hurts, our failures, Lord, those things in our lives that frustrate us, that make us feel guilty, and then we would lay them at the cross. Lord, your word, is, is, it's a promise that if we come to you, we will find you. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who doesn't have that relationship with you, that you would challenge them this morning to come forward, to come to the altar and to work on their relationship. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling with an incident or a, a problem or whatever in life, Lord, that is holding them back from being available. I pray this morning that you would draw them close. Lord, that they would bring that and, and leave it at the foot of the cross. Lord, they would leave it here and begin a life anew when they walk out. I thank you, Lord, for your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Christ taught us that the smallest seed of faith could develop 